Namaste. We read a prayer today. <clears throat> and uh, it's a prayer which invokes the Lord of Harmony. Most needed, most difficult. <laughs> so, someone had asked... Uh, the mother, how to create collective harmony? She said only the divine can do it. It cannot be done by human consciousness. We normally think with, when we think about harmony, we think everybody should think in a similar way. That is not harmony, that is uniformity. That is not even unity. So harmony is where, uh, it means several things. One is the, where there is a perfect adaptation of the means and the ends. This is one way to look at harmony. There is no, let's say we receive a divine light, divine peace, any of the divine powers, qualities, and the instrument is perfectly adapted. It doesn't waste, it doesn't spill over, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have an inability or incapacity to retain. So there is something called as an individual harmony, this one aspect. Second aspect is it's something not static. Because this world is perpetually in motion. So harmony is not that there are fixed positions. If you have fixed position, after a while it will start, the same harmony will begin to become disharmonious because life is perpetually in motion. Everything is evolving. And the third aspect of harmony is that harmony cannot be created by any outer means. This is the biggest mistake that we all make. We think we can create harmony by discussing, by trying to, you know, uh, people together, they sit and discuss, try to find out, sort out differences. You cannot create harmony this way. There is the Godhead of harmony. She is an aspect of the Divine Mother and she dwells within the hearts. And it's only when we have established her within our hearts that as a consequence, this power and energy can spread from within outwards. First within us and then everything that is around us. Then only harmony can be created. There is no other way. And as long as we are living in the ego, we can just forget about it. Uh, because it's just not possible. With ego, there will be adjustment. So there are a lot of people who are adjusted to each other. And if you ask them, they will use the word, we live in harmony <laughs> and peace. But this is not harmony. This is just, uh, they have learned to adjust to each other. And they can even have a relative degree of freedom. But that is not harmony. That is just being together and they have learned to adapt because life is like that. But harmony is something very different. And here we see uh, how the mother is revealing to us step by step. Most important, harmony cannot be created by any mental process. So people who try to debate, discuss and create harmony, it's not possible because mind by its nature is an analytical thought. So you'll see that the moment people begin to debate and discuss or discuss with the idea of creating harmony, how far does it go? Because you do it and there is another counterpoint. So even before you have finished speaking, somebody else is ready with his own thoughts and ideas. When this person has stopped speaking, the other person is ready with thoughts and ideas. But harmony can be created from the heart. Harmony is the right arm of love in the depths. Just as beauty and ananda. Ananda is the core of love. Love is the forefront of ananda. The left hand is, we can use the word beauty. 
and the right hand is harmony. So love is the core from where harmony can spread. And this love is not what is normally called as love within the human ego range. Even though within the human ego range it can go very far. Shabindu gives the example of Ruru and Pramadwara. And he says that Ruru and Pramadwara story, love and death is a vital love. And still, in the vital love, to what extent it goes that even gods are compelled to change destinies. Though it's a vital love, it's a, the giving there is still vital. It's not yet psychic. Why it is not psychic? Because nowhere we are told that they have a common aspiration. There is no other way that you can create. It's a vital love where there is charm, joy in each other. But the core aspiration is missing. And yet it can take us very far. Yet... That is not the ultimate harmony. Harmony is something which by its nature is evolving. Each time a new element is discovered, it finds its place. So another definition of of harmony is everything is in its proper place. At one place, the mother says, there is only one thing which is evil in the world. So we will think, what is that evil? She says, the only thing is that things are not in their place. If you put things in their place, it is no more evil. So putting things in their place is another aspect of harmony. Everything should be in its right place. This right place is not according to a mental thought. In fact, when we do it as a mental thought, it is leading to more and more disharmony because uh, this world, the mind has been governed by falsehood. So all the things that we see are not really the expressions of truth. And the mother says it very beautifully. She says, When truth begins to manifest in life, it changes and upsets everything. And she uses the word super grace. When it acts upon individuals, it changes. So we can imagine that there are things which are together, pieces which are together. And suddenly, a tremendous power acts. And then it changes the entire orientation. Then again, things settle down in a way. No, it has to move and evolve. If it doesn't evolve, again... And everything is unsettled. So this is how harmony must be, is only possible when there is an evolution along the lines of the law of truth. All other kind of evolution that I am progressing in terms of my career and in terms of wealth, it it cannot lead to harmony. It can lead to adjustment and uh, some kind of a satisfaction, whatever, you know, momentarily it lasts. So we read about this. August 8th, 1913 O sweet harmony dwelling in all things This is the law of harmony which dwells in all things And if we look at creation uh, It's so amazing At one place mother describes when uh, the disciple tells her It's there in the agenda He is not happy with uh, the way people are Uh, So he says that is there not something we can do externally by means of, you know, people should learn something, they should be disciplined. And mother says, she laughs and she says, these are, they are all artificial methods. So he says that why, but still it has its usefulness. Then mother gives a very interesting example. She says, have you seen the difference between man-made gardens and the gardens which grow up in the wild? And then she describes an example from her own life. She says that there used to be a plot which was empty and you know the gate used to be shut and she says after some years one day she suddenly felt like going inside and she opens the door and she sees that a whole garden has come up very randomly you see even now if you think about the most fascinating forest people the first word which comes to is amazon not the business amazon 
But the Amazon jungles, how they have come? Which human being has made it? Because it's that randomness through which it is evolving, where everything is interconnected with everything and spontaneously adjusts to the law of evolution. You'll see this even in, you know, gardens where plants crisscross, they form patterns, they are seeking for light and they find a way. But the moment the mind comes in and tries to trim and do this and that, it disturbs that harmony, harmony which includes all the birds and beasts and everyone. So what happens to this harmony in human beings? Up till animal creation, you will see this. So, Shubindu says a very interesting line in Savitri, In man, a somewhat dim disturbing something lives. What is that dim disturbing? Is the mind. That's why it's called as a fall. Why? Because harmony by its nature requires a total vision. I often use this example, you know, when people arrange a room. So you arrange a desk, isn't it? So you have two books, so you arrange it this way and you see it's fine. You can't keep it like this, no? You, you feel this is better. But now have you seen whether table is in, how is it in contact with the, let's say half the room? Then if you see half the room in relation to the house, then when you see the house in relation to all other buildings, when you see all these buildings in totality with the whole city, and then you see each element in relation to the whole. Look at the galaxy spinning into space. That's harmony. Randomly, looks like somebody is just thrown like this. Some stars and they are all spinning spontaneously around their orbits and they create a pattern. This is harmony which automatically happens because there is a vision of the whole. We don't have the vision of the whole. So we are constantly, you know, because the mind loses it. Animals spontaneously have it. But mind, human mind tries to create it by analytical means and it's not possible. So we have to discover the law of harmony which is in the heart. This is what we have forgotten. So heart has to rediscover the law of harmony and this is what she is reminding us. Oh sweet harmony dwelling in all things, sweet harmony filling my heart, manifest thyself in the most outward forms of life. In every feeling, in every thought, in every act. In fact, she says, one of the signs that you are really evolving is the need for harmony. Even about truth, she defines truth as, truth is supreme harmony and delight. So, truth is not bare, isolated. Truth is supreme harmony and delight. And there is a picture of the mother in Japan. Uh, it's really amazingly beautiful. And she says, I like... I like her very much. And she says, this is, you know, Mahalakshmi, the goddess of harmony and love. She says, this is my favorite one. You see that picture, it's something amazing, the sweetness, the harmony, the beauty, the love pouring out on her, scattering that all over. So harmony must begin from within. How it will begin? When there is beauty of thoughts, beauty of feelings. It cannot be like I lead, lead a very crude life and then I come out and sit together and we want to create harmony. It's an impossibility. So she says, in every feeling, in every thought, in every act, Mahalakshmi, all appears to me beautiful, harmonious, silent, in spite of the din outside. The sign that we are in contact with Mahalakshmi's grace and we are living the law of harmony is that regardless of anything, we will be able to touch this harmony in everything, in spite of the din outside. 
So there is harmony is not created by this means, oh, it's too much of noise, I want harmony and peace. It's not harmony and peace I want, I want a comfort zone. But in spite of everything, there is the sense of harmony when we have, then everything suddenly starts speaking of that same beatitude, same love, same delight. And this is what she is revealing to us. And in this silence, it is thou, O Lord, whom I see and I so perceive. And I so perceive thee that I can only express this perception as that of a constant smile. Repeatedly she will tell us and she will tell us right up to the later part when she is doing the yoga of the cells. She will say every time I have a difficulty and problem because overwhelm. Now divine mother's problems we can imagine. <laughs> Cosmic problems. So I go to Sharbindo. So he says he listens to me and he just smiles. Smile of the Lord. That's it. He doesn't. And she says then I everything dissolves. <laughs> he wonders. <laughs> everything dissolves. Smile of the Lord. So this smile of the Lord to keep in the heart this is the most difficult part. And uh, see we talk about, uh, often when we read Shurabindo's life, that's why I feel that uh, people often say we are being partial to the mother, I feel it's the other way around. You see Shurabindo's life and we talk all about the Vasudevam Sarvamiti, so many people will talk about it, so many people will write and it's such a wonderful, marvelous experience. Here, the mother is casually, informally describing that experience and in look at what words. She is literally saying that in this silence, which is deep within, behind the outer din, it is thou, O Lord, whom I see. She is not describing that, you know, first she says, whom I see. And I so perceive thee, that I can only express this perception as that of a constant smile. Several places we will see this experience described in different ways. So what does he see behind everything? The smile of the Lord. Smile, a bewitching smile of Krishna. But the smile is ghatak. Very dangerous. Shravinda says at one place, you think it's easy to please Krishna. Somebody thought that it's easy to do Krishna Bhakti. Because you know, that's how we are, we grow up in tradition. He says, it's very difficult. He says, it's much easier to please me or, you know, but Krishna is very exacting God. Shiva is easy to please. Asutosh. But Krishna... He says he will take you through one illusion to another and then sometimes you'll be on the verge of weeping. You look at all those, uh, you look at the life of Mirabai and many others, how they have gone through. Shurabindu himself, he doesn't reveal himself so easily. He will show a glimpse then again hide. And now you don't know where he is. Again he will show a smile when you are on the verge of despair, again he will hide. He drives us to weeping. Shurabindu says that in, in that poem, Who? He strikes in the spears and rides in the cars. He drives us to weeping, then lures again. So this is how he takes us till we reach that point where we can say that when we see his smile, we say all suffering was its easy price. That's how Savitri describes. That a point comes and you say, oh for this, all this was there, oh this is nothing. But that's a very, very exacting. He says it's very difficult to please Krishna. Because he is a perfect perfectionist, though he is the all beautiful, but to reach that point. In truth, the essence of the impression that is left in the presence of the most sweet, 
the most calm the most compassionate smile has a feeble analogy with what i feel when i so perceive thee so she says that though i am trying to describe in words even if we imagine the most compassionate smile you know people have tried to show the smile compassion of buddha the smile of krishna so many people have tried in visions they have seen she says all that is so feeble compared to what i am perceiving so this is the smile of the lord and uh, then she says may thy peace be with all and that's why one of the simplest way of doing yoga she gave to champakalal ji champakalal ji asked one was of course be simple be easy be simple uh, be smiling do your work as well as you can keep yourself always open towards me this is all that is asked of you nothing else at another place she says champakalal smile always smile in difficulties smile in sorrow smile in pain <laughs> smile always so if you learn to smile then she was asked what is the sign of the psychic state that somebody is in psychic state so the mother says a smile in all circumstances and there is also that line in savitri how the psychic response a smile was its reply to pleasure and pain so it smiles and that smile is full of the divine compassion full of that divine peace harmony love so we read this again august 8th 1913 oh sweet harmony dwelling in all things so it releases sweetness inside us when we <clears throat> live in a state of harmony oh sweet harmony dwelling in all things sweet harmony filling my heart manifest thyself in the most outward forms of life in every feeling in every thought in every act this is such a beautiful invocation literally every day one can invoke it oh sweet harmony dwelling in all things sweet harmony filling my heart manifest thyself in the most outward forms of life in every feeling in every thought in every act all appears to me beautiful harmonious silent in spite of the din outside completely independent of everything else and in this silence it is thou o lord whom i see and i so perceive thee that i can only express this perception as that of a constant smile perfect harmony can only come with the vision of the lord when shrivindra was asked what is the secret of collective harmony he said union in the mother not even union through the mother union in the mother when we are united with the mother and we unite with everybody else in that consciousness <laughs> then only true harmony is possible if not then it's not possible so a whole collective harmony has to shift and reach that point <laughs> in truth the essence of the impression that is felt in the presence of the most sweet the most calm the most compassionate smile has a feeble analogy with that with what i feel when i so perceive thee may thy peace be with all 